Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD. A mystery today, uh, and there's the sick people found dead in San Bernardino County Desert. But is it really a mystery? I, I believe that the police know a lot more than they're letting out, and for good reason. Many people involved in this, and I'm pretty sure um, relatives have reached out to the police of the victims, and they at least have a few of them identified. Uh, a real tragedy, of course, but it points directly to the drug cartels and to a gang-type activity that uses unbridled violence to keep people in line. But whenever you see violence at this level, you can bet that it has something to do with the drug trade. And I believe that that's the case here. And the measured tones, no tones, really. The police aren't giving much information whatsoever. You got to realize this was first discovered Tuesday evening, the 23rd. And so far, no one has been identified, uh, what, nor has the, the sex of the victims. We know that there are six victims in this case, uh, no, no breakdown of male, female. They're not even saying how they were killed, although it's pretty obvious when you see bullet holes in the windows of these SUVs and you see evidence markers all over the ground, which would be indicative of spent shells. Uh, this crime scene is spread uh, spread out over an area that is very difficult. There's a picture up on the screen, six people killed in the Mojave Desert. You see all those evidence markers. Usually what they are is marking spent shells. One of my biggest questions I had right away was, um, was there an exchange of gunfire? Were the two vehicles that were struck and on this scene, were, were the vehicles, you can see them here, the white SUV, the white van actually and a, and a bluish SUV. Were those vehicles exchanging gunfire with each other? And I don't know. I don't, did they find weapons? Did they recover weapons on the scene? Or are the shooters in this incident long gone? In addition, we, we have found out that several of the bodies were burnt, set on fire. So they were trying to cover up this heinous crime. And, you know, the why, we don't even know the how yet, never mind the why. You see these two vehicles here. Uh, and when you get it, when we see a close-up of those vehicles, you can see that there's, uh, there's bullet holes uh, in, in, in the windows of the vehicle. So my, as I said, my biggest question was there, was there an exchange? Here we can see on the blue SUV, there's bullet holes in the driver's side window. Was there an exchange of gunfire? And we might find that out through different types of ballistics on the scene, which would be indicative of different firearms being fired. Uh, no information on you know, cause and manner of death. And again, the police are being extremely measured because potentially others 
from the families of the deceased could be in danger. We don't know, did the, did the these vehicles go there in a, in a pre-ordained meeting with some bad guys, perhaps to exchange money for drugs, and that this was a setup? And why were they so far away from what we would call civilization, right? This is, uh, uh, I believe, 12 miles from the nearest town. It's in the north of Victorville. El Mirage, California. So this spot was purposely chosen by by the bad guys that that set up this deal. It's undoubtedly some type of of, of drug deal. Denise Clark, uh, thank you so much for your 1999 super sticker. Very much appreciated. This case is, uh, you know, indicative of a lot of things that are occurring on the border right now where uh, is Denise Clark. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your 1999 super sticker. K-Me, member for 12 months. Thank you so much for supporting the Police Off the Cuff channel. One of the things we have to realize as American citizens is that this is, this is part, and I'm not looking to get political, but this is all part of not securing your border having the bad guys run the border and we have unbridled violence like this, undoubtedly involving the drug trade. And those are the things that we can blame directly on our government uh, because they're not doing their job. And law enforcement can only do so much. And they, of course, need the support and the backing of, of the federal government and the state government, the local governments in order to do this job because the drug trade and these cartels and these gangs coming out of Mexico, they have more money than, than the police do. Uh, and so that's one of the things we have to look at as American citizens. We have to fight these drug gangs and these drug cartels because they're contributing to destroying our country. So folks, hold on to your hat, hold on to your seats, get ready because you're entering true crime real crime from a police perspective and you like it off the cuff while you're entering the police off the cuff zone there has to be some common sense we still don't know who pulled the trigger. So we may ask why... It's already Tuesday night was when they first discovered this crime scene. And, and they were brought there by a phone call. So, and according to the news, which, you know, the phone call, they were reporting it as a wellness check. That's ridiculous, of course. Someone knew that their family, their relatives went to this location for some nefarious meeting with some bad guys. And when they didn't come home, they called the police. So that person, of course, is witness number one, the person that called 911, the person that called the police, 
because they knew something bad had occurred. So that person probably knows the whole story here. And that is the person, if I was running this investigation, I would have them brought in. I would sit them down and speak to them for a very long time. So that's the location in San Bernardino. Highway 395 in El Mirage. They found those. This is where the crime scene was. Of course, you could see it's far away from anything. Bodies along with two cars with bullet holes. So two cars with bullet holes in this area. El Mirage. Anastasia Olmos, live at the sheriff's station tonight with more on what we know so far. Anastasia. Colleen, we still do not know the identity of these six victims, but earlier this afternoon, we did speak with a woman who said that she knows the family of one of the victims. She'd come out to talk with detectives, and afterwards, she told us that they weren't able to quickly identify these people because none of them had IDs on them. Now, tonight, I spoke with several community members who live in the surrounding area, and all of them told me that the news of these murders was not surprising. Pop, 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 you know. Al Switlick is describing the gunshots he's heard several times while sitting at a gas station off Highway 395 in Adelanto. In my area, my house has been hit by bullets. And this woman who lives in Adelanto did not want to go on camera, concerned for her safety, but tells me she was not shocked to hear deputies found six people dead just miles away in El Mirage. Bodies are found out here and... People are shot and and we never have um, any closure on on what happened or if they solved it. Several communities surround the rural area where San Bernardino detectives found five victims dead Tuesday night and a sixth victim Wednesday morning. The crime scene, including an SUV and a minivan, riddled with bullets. Wednesday, the sheriff's department could not say how the six died or who they are. We have not confirmed the sex or the age of any of the scenes at this point. The remote desert location may present challenges for investigators, but NBC4 law enforcement analyst Dr. Errol Sutherland tells us detectives will try to find any possible surveillance. Uh, they'll be trying to look at cameras that probably led to that location. It's extremely remote. Um, was this some kind of execution? Is it drug-related? With no arrest or identified killers by tonight, people who live in rural San Bernardino County hope these murders cast a public spotlight on crime. But there's a lot of drugs going on. You know, and that's the biggest thing in the gangs the sheriff's department vowing to seek so the sheriff's department is on this justice for the victims our investigators will continue to do their best to wrap this up quickly and um, get all the information possible to to bring justice to those folks out there so folks this is not a um a gee whiz that this uh the how and the why and the who. It's not a gee whiz. It's not a, we wonder what happened. This is a mystery. Right now, the police know what happened. Trust me. They, again, they're not putting it out there because they're concerned that others, possibly in the families of the deceased, could be in danger. So we, we know they were killed with all the ballistics around by, by gunshot. They were shot. They were shot to death. You know, uh, 
Six dead bodies found in a remote desert site west of Highway 395. You hear the people being interviewed on the scene, and no one, no one is surprised. What does that tell you? Is that dysfunctional government, though? You know, let's point it, let's point it in the direction of who deserves the credit for this or the, or the blame. Let's put it the blame. Is this something brand new that just happened on Tuesday? No, this is something that happens now all the time. Our country is being inundated with fentanyl and other drugs. What's being done? Well, without getting political and pointing toward one party or another, nothing. They took all the sting away from Border Patrol. Border Patrol has become nothing more than report takers. They're not allowed to do their job. Is this a result of Border Patrol and the intelligence agencies not being able to do their job at the border? You bet. You bet it is. You know, this is called the nastiness of the drug trade, you know, and people, when government doesn't do their job, people die. People die, right? Six people came here. Why? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, well, six dead bodies we know of. Did anyone escape? This was obviously a preset meeting, right? Between the people. And I don't I don't know that for sure, because well, these two vans or these two vehicles left on the scene, did they come there together? Were they allies of each other or were they antagonistic to each other? We don't know that yet. I would bet you there are some weapons probably left on the scene because if these people that were going to this location for this meet, and if it was a pre-set up drug deal, then uh, they would have firearms with them. They would be armed. They wouldn't go to this location unarmed. That's just a fact of the drug trade. And for anyone who thinks that I'm being too blunt and immediately jumping to the drug trade in this incident, well, that's reality, all right? That is the reality of the world we live in. This looks like a horrific drug hit. Uh, look at the violence they used. Not only did they shoot the people, the six bodies there, they set some of them on fire. That is definitely a trademark of the drug trade. Violence, look at the, look at the window of this one vehicle here. SUV with blown out windows and organ license plates is towed away. A silver car from California trailing behind it. Both found near a horrific scene of carnage in the remote area of El Mirage. As the investigation continued early this morning, um, a sixth decedent was located at the scene. So we have a total of six at this point. Yeah, it looks like they tried to set fire to this stuff. There's another. One body was inside the ravaged SUV. At least two others heaped together on the ground. Another a short distance away. It appears some were partially burned. So not all, but Deputies some. were called to the remote area off a dirt road near Highway 395 for a wellness check around 8.15 Tuesday. This sped up video from Sky... You know, as I said earlier, that, that, that wellness check was, uh, was a phone call made by someone who knew what was going on, knew that the, this group of people were going to a preset meeting, that they never came home. 
And that person is probably the best witness that the police have. Uh, Adigar, yes, let's open the borders a little more. All we need to do is look who's in the White House. Just a few years ago, we were getting things more under control at the border, not now. Well, I think there are actually even uh, Biden is recognizing that the border is a mess right now. Finally admitted to it, but it, 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 it's sort of guaranteed. Elizabeth Salvatore guaranteed that the wrong people are being investigated. This level of drugs involves help assistance of the growing massive drug human trafficking level at the local civic level. Guaranteed. Look, the drug trade is a huge business, probably more powerful than the government because they have more money than our government. Fox shows just how isolated the area is, some 40 miles northwest of San Bernardino, surrounded only by sagebrush and Joshua trees. As the sun set Wednesday, several adults and a young child arrived at the scene, claiming to recognize one of the cars. Deputies escorted them in. They did not speak with media. People living in the surrounding communities are still processing the news. Uh, it was surprising. I, I've living down here in Old Adelanto on this side, on the on the west side of 395. It's it's fairly quiet. There's nothing out there, so I'm surprised even somebody got a call about it. The thing you guys are asking about is probably the worst thing we've ever heard of in our 50 years of being out there total investigators stayed on the scene into the night trying to find answers it's going to be heartbreaking no matter what the situation is what they discover out there as far as the circumstances surrounding it um, so our investigators will continue to do their best to wrap this up quickly and authorities haven't released any information on the ages or the genders of the victims. Uh, still so many questions here tonight. And authorities are asking for the public's help if you have any information on what happened or what led up to that horrific scene. Uh, the San Bernardino, San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department wants to hear from you. You can find their information on our website at foxla.com. Reporting live from Adelanto, I'm Chelsea Edwards. I'll send it back to you in the studio. So, you know, someone, someone just um, wrote... Uh, I'm confused. Is this drugs or it's or oh here we go. Sue M, I'm confused. Is this drugs or a border? It's both. It's both. Drugs are pouring across the border. Mexican gangs are, are operating within California. That's it's both of those things. So uh and they they are hand in hand, believe me, because if you don't control the border, you don't control the drugs. You don't control the border, you don't control the Mexican gangs that have infiltrated into this country. Who do you think the biggest market for Mexican drugs are? Yeah, you got it. The United States, right? So that's why controlling the border and controlling the drug trade, yes, of course, goes hand in hand. Uh, so it's it's really, uh, you know, rather than it being a political issue, it's an, it's an American issue. It's an issue that our government should be controlling the border in order to protect the people of this country from these gangs, from the drug trade. And the fact that they're not doing that is, is, is scary. You know, it's a scary thing. Uh, um, uh, Pressy, just because one president tells you things are getting under control doesn't mean they are. I think the best uh, way to determine whether things are under control at the border is talk to the people who live there. Talk to the people in the border states, and I think they will tell you the truth of what is going on at the at uh, this location, how it's affecting them, 
how it's affecting uh, the town they live in, how it's affecting the children, how it's affecting the drugs that are pouring across the border. Uh, so all of those things are, are so, so important. Now, this was, of course, six found dead in the desert. This meeting location was chosen for a reason, you know. And as you see the picture of the SUV on the screen, you see all the evidence markers. And usually what's that, what they mark, and not, I mean, it can mark other pieces of evidence besides spent shells, but I would assume based on the condition and the gunshot holes in these vehicles, that many, 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 many rounds were fired at this location. Six people killed. Of course, they're not verifying at this point uh, how they were killed, but it's pretty obvious when you see all this ballistics. And the bodies uh, seem like they were strewn all around the place. Uh, you could see here with one over here on the stretcher. There's one to the left there. In fact, initially, in the initial response, the police reported that there were five bodies, and they didn't find the sixth body until the next day. So this is uh, the map where it was. they were found in El Mirage, uh, the closest town from there, Victorville. Um, and and the picture of you know of the spent shells on the ground of the evidence markers that tells us a great deal of information. So how do we if we're the police? I say use my Harlem way of saying police. Police. That's how we used to say it. Uh, if you're the investigators on this case, where do you start with this investigation? Right. Obviously, the crime scene has to be processed this huge crime scene. Uh, and not only do you have to process the immediate crime scene, but you need to do a search on areas of entry and exit, both to the crime scene and these roads. Or is there video on, I know this is these are very remote roads, but it seems like everywhere in this country now, there's video cameras somewhere along a route. So, was there a, a, another vehicle around the time of this or after the time this occurred fleeing the scene? That would be very important to see, to get that information. But the most important intelligence on this is the human intelligence. And as I said earlier, the phone call made by someone that knew what was going on in this case, the phone call a wellness check. It's not a wellness. That's what the police told the press, and the press is putting it out there like, hey, a wellness check. Now, the person that called said, look, they went to meet, you know, Bad Bart and his desperados, and they haven't come home yet. All right. And then the police got out there and they discovered this horrific crime scene. A wellness check is what the police told the uh, told the press, and they're reporting it like it's uh, like it's gospel, you know. Karen Kennedy, I used to live in Victorville, California, the high desert around there, San Bernardino around there is known for drugs and gang violence. So there you have it, folks. Karen Kennedy, a, a person that lived into the area, uh, lived in that area and, and telling you the, the deal, the real uh, Twyla Olson, more blood on the government's hands. Yes, I said it. God help us. Yeah, well, I think that um, 
I think that they got to get more involved, you know. Uh, Ali J. Jr. from the chat, the person who called in for wellness, he or she, well, he or she knows what happened. He or she is a wealth of information. He or she should be being interviewed by the police. Um, so, yes, it's um, so important from this investigation to talk to that person. That person that, you know, one of the investigative steps in every investigation is, did you interview the 911 callers, right? In this instance, there's perhaps one caller. Maybe there's more than one caller. One caller that said, oh, and the, the, the press is reporting it as a wellness check. I guarantee it wasn't that. Someone reported, you know, so-and-so went to meet this these bad guys at such and such a location and they never came home. Would you please check on that? And that's what the police do. And what the police found was this horrific situation. Five, 10 miles north of Adelanto. And you can see the crime tape that is set up behind me here and just beyond this of course the investigation that is continuing into these murders six people i apologize for the freezing up of this found dead their bodies piled up next to some vehicles two vehicles a white van and a dark blue suv uh, that suv riddled with bullet holes, dozens of evidence markers surrounding it. And we do not know the identities of the six people killed as this investigation is unfolding. All uh, the sheriff's department would tell us uh, with San Bernardino County is that they responded out here. I apologize, guys around eight o'clock Tuesday night for a welfare check, somehow uh, connected to that white van. When they showed up, that's when they discovered the bodies. We don't know how. So they, they were they were called out there. It was uh, undoubtedly wasn't again, for welfare it looks check. like uh, bullet holes and some of the windows are blown out in that SUV. Uh, and then they discovered the sixth person, that sixth body just this morning, Wednesday morning. And so now you have six people dead. So six people dead. They didn't find these we do not six have bodies until later. Suspects uh, or again, how and why this may have happened out here in. So they, they know, you know, the how and the why. Um, this is the drug trade, you know. There was it was a drug deal gone bad. The press acts like that. Oh my God, gee whiz, we have no idea. You know, put two and two together. You know, use your intelligence. Please don't insult the public with that. You have no idea. You know what's going on. You know what time it is. So, six people found dead on the desert road in Adelanto city limits. We heard from the mayor saying he's praying for the safety of the. Is this like a regular occurrence in Adelanto? You know, it's uh, the, some, uh, something. Families of, of these victims. And of course, he wants justice. Uh, but we're, we're not hearing much. From I'm going to remove that. Uh, Wednesday morning with very little information. Uh, again, they. 
all right, I'm going to remove it. We're having a little problem with the Wi-Fi, which I just upgraded, and it's still not behaving properly. So, yeah, everyone, everyone, the, the way you would, if you hear the news reported, everyone is shocked. No one's shocked, right? No one is shocked. Stop with the shocked, you know? <laughs> no one is shocked over this, you know? This is an occurrence that happens quite frequently, you know? And when you look on the screen here, like, this is how shocked they are, right? This is all over California, right? The drug trade, you know, the gangs. So it's it, no one's shocked. These are the kind of guns that the cartels have. Uh, challenging law enforcement, you know, because the profits from the drug trade are just off the charts, right? They know all about this stuff. Again, cartels invade California. Wow, how shocking. Is anyone shocked? Is anyone that's listening to this shocked? These are regular occurrences. Federal police in, in Mexico, no one is shocked. So stop using that word shocked. You know, I love the, the media. We are shocked. You know, it's everyone's shocked. No one's shocked, you know. Scott Measure Smith from the chat. Are they the same people missing from six people vanished without a trace from a Missouri hotel? Is an online cult. Scott, right now the police are not identified. They know who the victims are, trust me, because family members came forward. They recognized the cause. They reported one of their loved ones uh, missing. They know who the people are, or tentatively uh, upon scientific identification through. DNA, fingerprints, that type of thing. However, obviously, the cartels or whoever did this tried to disguise uh, their their work their, or their killing by um, burning the bodies, you know. And so that's uh, that they did that obviously for a reason, and that also is indicative that this is potentially. A drug transaction or a drug hit, or it could it could it be human trafficking hit that someone didn't pay up? It could be a number of those things, but it's so early in the investigation. We don't specifically know who the victims are yet. I'm sure the police know it's not, it hasn't been released yet. But these stories should be national stories, international stories, because when they're not, we get numb to this and we just accept this as a, a daily occurrence. That it, it, yeah, this is just this is just part of uh, part of the drug trade, you know. And as well as the cause and manner of death. I mean, it's imperative to find out. That's Bobby Chacon. Who these people are, because there could be additional people in danger. Bobby Chacon is a retired FBI special agent. He says while investigators are still piecing the case together, it appears the level of violence speaks to a broader criminal network. Well, certainly by looking at the number of people involved and the way and how gruesome they were not only killed but then set on fire, you know, this has the, the some of the earmarks of kind of a gangland-style slaying. It could be gang-related. It could be cartel-related. It's going to be heartbreaking no matter what the situation is, what they discover out there as far as the circumstances surrounding it. Just a grisly scene. Right now, uh, sheriff's investigators uh, are not releasing many details. So far, no 
information about a suspect description so far, nothing about a motive. It's also unclear how long the people may have been dead before deputies made that gruesome discovery. The Sheriff's Department says it may release more details sometime tomorrow morning. We're live in Adelanto. I'm John Finolio. Saying it back to you. Well, you know, some of the things, uh, there is a there is a time stamp that we could put uh, together to, to basically uh, know that how long they have been dead. And it's, of course, the science of death. But let's, let's speak of some other practical ways. The families um, of these victims know about what time they left, right? Um, and they, we can put that together as well. They left at such and such a time, and they they never returned. And then that call, I believe, it was at uh, it was between six and eight fifteen p.m. The police received that call. They respond to the crime scene. They discover initially the five bodies, and then much later on the six bodies. Now that definitely gives you a timestamp. It all what also gives you a timestamp is the condition of the bodies. Is there coagulated blood? Are the bodies in rigor mortis? Uh, temperature of the all of those different things will give us a scientific timestamp. However, other timestamps are much more accurate. And one of the things, and I'm going to get into a little bit now of the investigation of this, one of the most important things in a homicide investigation is to identify the victims because we, and if you watch this show, I speak about it all the time. We talk about something called victimology and that's the study of the victim. Who are the victims? Uh, Sana Elise Hoth Johnson. Thank you for the NOK nine. Very much appreciated. Uh, thank you for contributing to this channel. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you're a huge supporter and, and, I'm reading this from the chat, folks, that are listening. Daddy Crab, thank you for a 499 super sticker. All six had no ID, maybe because the perps took their IDs. Daddy Crab, but I think there's other ways we can identify them. One way, of course, is the family came to the scene. And the family uh, are going to know who they were traveling with. So, yes, we could get tentative IDs. Those IDs are not solid but we'll get a pretty good idea of who was in those two vehicles and that we do through talking to the people so let's get back to victimology we study the victim who are these victims who what do they do with their lives have they been arrested before where do they live where are they from do they have any drug sale or drug interaction history are they American citizens? Are they not American citizens? Are they illegals? Did they just come over here? Could it be that the village they came from, in, and, and I'm jumping ahead, if they are Mexicans, uh, there was a specific cartel that ran that area, and they became indebted to the cartel, and they started working for them when they came into the United States. All of these are questions which can be answered through what I just defined as the study of the victim, looking into the backgrounds of the victims. And the most important thing, of course, right now is to talk to the family members, the family members who were on the scene. A couple of them said that they recognized the vehicles. That's indicative that they probably know each and every person uh, 
that that is found on this scene deceased, that the family members showed up. And that call, I can't emphasize it enough, that call that the press has been reporting as a wellness check, as a wellness call, was not. That was a call for help. These people went to this location at such and such a time, and right now, they haven't come home. They know what to be found. We suspect bad things occurred to them. We suspect bad things happened. So that's what the police did. They responded to the scene. And lo and behold, as you see on the screen, they found uh, they found six bodies. Six bodies. And the police are not reporting to us right now uh, the cause of death. They're not, they're not reporting that to us yet. So that will be coming forth, but they don't want to put this out there again because they can endanger the surviving family members. So we will continue to follow this and bring you up to a mystery in the Mojave. Six people, six bodies found in a remote area of San Bernardino County today. Deputies were called to an area just off Highway 395 in El Mirage. They found those bodies. So the, the other thing that we're looking for, the cell phone. The cell phones, there's undoubtedly cell phones left on the scene. Does anyone know anyone in this world, in this country, that doesn't have a cell phone? So I would imagine there's no way that the bad guys collected all the cell phones before they shot these people, right? So the cell phones will be a treasure trove of evidence, a treasure trove of information. Uh, E-Baby, from the chat, we have no idea the sex the sex of the victims. They, the police have not yet released that. There's a lot of things that we don't know yet. Uh, so, no, we don't know. Wild man's mom, they will not tell anything other than this. Uh, I bet on it. But, you know, there is, um, we will get a lot of information, as I said earlier, from the cell phones of the victims. Times, places, GPS locations. Where were they prior to this shooting? Where were they? Obviously, the cell phones would stop there. But there's also a potential that, the bad guys that did this could have been corresponding with the victims via cell phone. And there's a connection on every homicide we talk about, every homicide we cover on this show, we speak about digital evidence, which could be computer evidence, cell phone evidence, and it comes up in every single investigation. Uh, and that's one of the things that the, which, you know, something we are all spoiled, too, because we want this information yesterday. But guess what? It takes a little bit of time. Karen Kennedy from the chat. California needs to close the borders. Fentanyl is out of control. Causes so many problems, crime, and deaths. Karen, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff. Real crime stories, true crime stories. If you like real crime, true crime from a police perspective, then you're in the right location. If you're not subscribed to us, Go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up and ring that bell. Share us with your friends and your family. If you want to contribute to us, we have a uh, 
Patreon with three different levels. And we also have a YouTube channel memberships with five different levels. And we appreciate all of our fans, our friends, our subscribers. They help to keep this show going and keep it uh, being, uh, we think, the great show that it is. And I say we because most of the time I, I come on the air with my two compadres, uh, Professor Mike Geary, retired. He's a retired NYPD sergeant, a professor of criminal justice and a law degree. And I also have retired NYPD detective and straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi, and he's a frequent uh, co-host on this show. And we really appreciate all of these guys. Um, one of the things also the, the, that gives the police a lot of information in this is the inspections of those vehicles left on the scene. Uh, every, every vehicle has a computer. Where was the vehicle prior? And, you know, the cell phone will tell us a lot of that information also. Uh, where was that vehicle prior to it coming to this location? They're going to know where the people in this vehicle, where they live, all of those things we will develop. Um, I mentioned very early in the show about the ballistics that's left on the scene. And when you see all the evidence markers on the ground here, obviously lots of shots fired. One of my biggest questions, and of course we won't know the answer to this, is how many different guns were fired. With that amount of ballistics, I doubt that there was one firearm. So different spent shells may be indicative of different guns. Well, will be indicative of different guns that were fired. I also have a question, and I think a fair question. Did Was there an exchange of gunfire between the victims and the bad guys? Did the victims have their own guns and just lost the gunfight, put it that way? You know, did they fire back? Are those weapons still on the scene? Those are some of the questions I have, and I, I don't know the answer, and the police aren't talking right now. Uh, Sue M., wow, those evidence markers. Yeah, that, well, as you see the amount of them, that's usually indicative of all of the... Uh, Cindy Studo here for Crime Coverage, not Opinions of Politics. Well, you know, Cindy, one of the things, I'm not trying to get political, but the border has everything to do with this because the border and drugs are synonymous. And whether you want to talk about politics or not, it comes up because someone, meaning our government, has to secure that border or do something about the drug trade at the border so as to protect American citizens. And that's not getting political, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're a citizen. And something has to be done to do something about this border where this violence seems to be like almost an everyday thing around here. Uh, big ups. Try entering Thailand or staying in Thailand beyond your visa. They put you in jail. Well, I, I just I want to st stay on the investigation. We were talking about the ballistics. So the different types of shell casings will identify different weapons that were potentially fired on that scene. And, and that'll give us an idea whether this was in fact a massacre or was this a one-sided gunfight, you know? And 
as I said, if it was a gunfight, if the victims did fire back, that's indicative of a couple of things. A, they knew they were going to a potential very dangerous situation, so they brought their own guns with them. And B, the guns may still be in those vehicles, may be on the scene, which will also tell the investigators a great deal about this little uh, this massacre, as we're seeing right now. Sunset gazing from the chat. Did you all see the footage from the border? Arizona, it looks like maybe a terrier. It was almost threatening to the guy recording. You should know who I am. You're not smart. Soon you will know who I am. I didn't see that, but I'm not actually even sure what you were referring to. Uh, okay. Elena Gonzalez. Oh, my God. Yes, it's like, it's like they got sprayed. Yes, I, I'm sure you're referring to the uh, to the spent shells that were on the scene. Yeah, it's a it's a horrific uh, look at that. There's a better shot of it, right? And you see law enforcement. And you see that the crime scene tape and the large area that they taped off in order to protect the crime scene. Uh, they taped off. Uh, remember, I spoke about. Um, areas of entry and exit. Where did the bad guys enter the crime scene? Did they come in by another vehicle? Are there tire marks of another vehicle that aren't uh, the same as the vehicles left on the scene? Perhaps they will take a, a mold of those tire marks. First photograph and then take a mold so that if they do find the vehicle or vehicles that did this, they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to use that as evidence. Um, but as I said, look at the, and when you see this picture on the screen, look at the size of this crime scene. And not till the next day did they find the sixth body. And I'm sure the the San Bernardino police the Special Investigative Division, they're still out at that scene because the crime scene tells you the story, right? Tells the story of what occurred uh, among, among other things. One of the most important things, of course, and I always say that when we speak about uh, homicide investigation, is the importance of interview and interrogation and the importance of soliciting information from potential witnesses. And in this case, one of the most or the most important people for them to talk to are the family members of the deceased because the family members are going to know what happened. This is not a mystery to them. Someone called the police before this crime scene was discovered. Someone called the police and ask the police to go to this specific location, that's indicative that of the fact that they knew something bad must have happened. So that's indicative of the fact that they knew that uh, this could be a potentially fatal meeting between these people, these unidentified people right now, uh, that 
are deceased at this point. And again, it's it's a horrific tragedy. No matter what way you slice this, it's a tragedy. Uh, Texas mom, Mexico has better border policies than we do at this point. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Uh, James Ailes, border terrorist, pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name, but what's puzzling you is... Oh, that's from a uh, Rolling Stones tune, Sympathy for the Devil. I was a rock and roller once too, you know. Um, so all of this information, uh, we'll, we're going to find out more and more as time goes by, as the police figure out what in fact occurred. C.A. Bever Forden, this is not the first incident like this in California. I have family in California. It would be nice to have them be safe, 100%. Z from the chat, I just got here. I'm sorry, I can have a quick review of what this is. Uh, well, just a quick review. I'll, I'll put the uh, I'll put the thumbnail up there. Six people found dead in San Bernardino County Desert Z. It appears that it's a uh, probably some kind of a cartel, uh, dr a drug deal. Something really badly occurred, uh, and that's what this is about. Doug Ross, I'm. Uh, I'm Doug from the North County. Our borders are worse than yours. We're in unprotected California except for legal crossings. You can walk across California in so many places. I'm very worried how many already did this. Um, well, you know, as I said, you can't talk about uh, the border crossings. You can't talk about the drug trade. You can't talk about open borders without talking politics. And if people want borders open like this, it's these kind of things are going to occur. These kind of little drug hits are going to happen. And it's not something that we should have to tolerate. Jacqueline Johnston manifested. <laughs> I like that. Uh, very nice. Welcome to the show. Um, one of the biggest things that, uh, that we should all realize is operating pretty much at all times. And that is the intelligence that the FBI, the Drug Enforcement Task Force, uh, the local San Bernardino police, the SID, the Special Investigative Division, the intelligence they collect by working this, these cases, by identifying these drug gangs and knowing who they are and where they're working. And they have other cases, parallel cases going on when these things happen. Sometimes on these cases, they have wiretaps. Bad guys talk on the phone about other things that occurred. They may talk about this on a wiretap. And I don't know specifically what wiretaps and what investigations the Drug Enforcement Task Force is working on, the San Bernardino police, the FBI, the Border Patrol. Homeland Security, we don't know the cases, but we know they are on top of the drug trade. They are on top of these drug gangs. They know who they are. Uh, cartels invade California. Yes. And what are we going to do about it? Are we going to do anything about it? Or are we just going to let the cartels invade California? That's, uh, that's a good question, you know. Uh, are we just going to let the cartels control 
uh, control this country? Are we going to let them take over this country? Or are we going to stop them by fighting the drug trade? Every time you hear uh, anything about the fentanyl trade or, and how it's killing young people across this country, the, the place that it's coming in, of course, is uh, is 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 across the border, uh, and it's really horrific. That's right. We are waiting for an update on those six bodies that were found in the desert. We were told that new information could be coming anytime between tonight and tomorrow morning. But for one family that we spoke to today, they say they are eager to learn if their missing loved one is among the victims. An emotional day for one Adelanto family as they wait for detectives to finish their work. From up above. And from the ground. Detectives with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department are trying to piece together what happened in the desert after six bodies were found. At 8.16 p.m. last night, January 23rd, deputies were requested to respond to a remote area um, off of Highway 395 in El Mirage. This is a very remote desert area, and for that reason, um, CHP Aviation Division accompanied us to the call. After sunrise, we got a better view of what investigators were looking at. An SUV and minivan near six bodies and dozens of evidence markers. As you can imagine, with um, six decedents at the scene, it's going to take quite a bit of time for them to gather all of that information. So far, the Sheriff's Department tells us they are only focusing on this location of Highway 395 near Mountain Shadow Road. But as new information develops, that can change. That's why they are searching the rural area from up above. Typically, all of those things, a lot of times what will happen is um, they will take an investigator up into the helicopter so that they can do aerial photographs, that sort of thing. So this is just the helicopters doing aero, aerial searches. The As the investigation continues, detectives hope to learn more about the six people their names, age, and how they got here. It's going to be. So they, they, what they're talking about is identifying them. What the situation is, what they discover out there as far as the circumstances surrounding it. Um, so our investigators will continue to do their best to wrap this up quickly and um, get all the information possible to to bring justice to those folks out there. And the family that we spoke to today said they left without getting any information because they said that authorities told them that the people found dead had not been identified. So again, a lot of moving pieces here, but we hope to learn more information during the next update, which includes hopefully the ID of these six bodies, these six people and the cause of death. So, you know, the, the family members of missing people, they, they were probably told uh, by the police not to talk to the press because uh, of the gravity of this situation, the potential danger to the family members in this investigation. So to recap, um, well, let me just read a few more people. Uh, Tony, I don't think the media should have showed the victim's family coming to the scene. Great show, Bill. Tony, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Indiana, 59 from the chat. Nothing in this world shocks me anymore. Uh, 
I think eight was in Arizona. Yes, two. No, this was in California. It was in El Mirage, California. It wasn't in Arizona. Um, that was made clear uh, earlier on. So as this case moves forward, one of the biggest ways that law enforcement, of course, can solve a case like this is law enforcement partnerships. And what do I mean about that? Well, the the, the police or the investigative agency that's in charge of this is the San Bernardino Police. However, they will get assistance through the Drug Enforcement Task Force, of course, which is a federal unit that is on the border all the time, that knows these drug gangs, that may have parallel collateral investigations going on at this very time that may generate information on this case. The FBI, of course, the FBI is involved in California. They're involved in working on drug gangs and intelligence. We always talk about intelligence. Intelligence is information. Information shared among law enforcement brings power to the investigation and the cooperation between law enforcement agencies. When you get law enforcement agencies cooperating with each other, it's an extremely powerful weapon that will take down any criminal enterprise and especially when you have the feds involved, the Drug Enforcement Task Force, uh, the FBI, they have all that federal money that perhaps the local agencies don't have. Uh, Meredith Moore, the fact we are questioning if we are going to let the cartel control our borders is not acceptable. I feel like I'm an alternate universe. Meredith, you're so right. Um, you're right. Uh, the people have to get our, our government we have to kick our representatives, our elected officials in the ass and let them know how important that the border is and how important it is to thwart these drug gangs because they're killing Americans, right? And they're causing all kinds of, of violence at the border. TRL, thank you, Bill, for giving us uh, thorough information. Well, thank you so much um, for tuning in. GZJ24. I want to close the border. You all know what to do in November. I'm not trying to make this about politics, guys. I'm just pointing out. Um, Catalina on my lunch break, scanning and playing catch-up. Great show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's when you can do a, a, a show during the afternoon and have as many people tune in as we can. I could see that this is a topic that people are concerned with. This is a topic that people care about. This is a, a topic that we all should uh, want our elected officials to do something about. And the fact that they're not is, is actually pretty scary. Folks, if you're looking for a great attorney in the New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe's a retired NYPD police officer turned attorney. You can reach Joe on his cell phone at 718-514-3855. Email him at joe at jmurray-law.com. Go on his website, jmurray-law.com. Not only is Joe Murray a fabulous attorney, but he's a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. So, folks, we're going to stay with this case as new information comes in. Uh, we spoke about some of the investigative uh, techniques they'll use. One of the most important things in a case like this, of course, is identifying the victims, finding victims' family, interviewing them, and of course, cooperation among law enforcement, gathering intelligence and using that intelligence to 
to find out who did this. And that is the only way that law enforcement can get a handle on this and possibly make an arrest down the road. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in. It was, a, I think, a pretty good show for an afternoon, little matinee show, right? Uh, so I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Have a great day, everyone, and God bless. One episode, just